What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing absolutely well as we are right smack in the middle of another fantastic week man this year is flying this month is flying and there's all sorts of things going on so i hope that wherever in the world you are you are safe you are sound and you're making some really good decisions in terms of where you want the rest of this year to go and where you want your personal and professional plans to go as well shout out to everybody who has joined us on social media instagram facebook and twitter at the faction show we absolutely appreciate you shout out to everyone who has subscribed to our podcast and our regular listeners we really really appreciate you if you've been just kind of on the fringes thanks for hanging with us dive on in i think you're gonna love it and if you're brand new welcome aboard we are honored and privileged that you are hanging with us today do me a favor and go ahead and leave a comment and rate this podcast on your preferred podcast platform it's absolutely appreciated and allows us to get in front of additional eyes and listen if you have a good thing there's nothing wrong with sharing it trust me there's enough of us to go around okay so we've got some news to jump into let's first go back to monday night raw and and take a look at those ratings because let's face it, Monday Night Raw had some unique things happening. It's the first Raw post SummerSlam. It was the go home show for the upcoming Payback pay per view and the first episode of Monday Night Raw inside the WWE Thunderdome. And I can tell you this, it made a significant difference for Monday Night Raw. As Monday Night Raw drew an average of 2.028 million viewers. That's huge. And that's up from 1.643 million viewers the previous week. So we're talking about a jump of almost 400,000 viewers. And in light of other programming going on, including the NBA playoffs, the Republican Republican National Convention, this was significant. And it was a full card and a whole lot of things that happened as well. But that Thunderdome really does make a difference for all things WWE. It was absolutely incredible and exciting to see, again, WWE in an arena with even virtual fans looks and feels completely different than WWE coming to you from the Performance Center with no fans or with Performance Center recruits serving as an audience. Now, with that said, there is some controversy stirring about the WWE Thunderdome. So, of course, it just began Friday, but as you may or may not know, wrestling fans can be, well a bit different at times and so some interesting and unique images have appeared on the wwe thunderdome some have been as playful as pikachu and mario from the super mario brothers but it's been getting a wee bit weird as of late there was an image of chris benoit that was shared and then there was an image going off the air on monday night of the KKK. <sighs> An image shown from a KKK rally uh, was during the final segment near the front row, and it was a man appearing to be wearing a KKK robe, wearing a Confederate flag. So WWE has made plans to ban that particular fan, and they actually issued a statement regarding the situation. 
including uh, the following. It says, quote, this abhorrent behavior does not reflect WWE's values and we have zero tolerance for these unacceptable acts. We are working to ban those involved from future events and per our policies, any inappropriate actions result in the removal from the live stream. We've seen some very interesting things again, ranging from Fire Velveteen Dream to some AEW paraphernalia and as I mentioned, pictures of Chris Benoit being shown. So, at this point, if a member of the audience violates WWE's guidelines and they're kicked from the session, and if you think about it, it's very similar to what would happen at a live show if a fan is in attendance. If you are, you know, raising all sorts of havoc, if you have signs that are inappropriate, either the signs will be removed or you will be removed. So, I don't think anyone here on the faction would do that type of thing, but just know that there are rules and regulations for being a part of the WWE Thunderdome, and it makes all kinds of sense. So wrestling fans, let's not abuse this privilege. Let's be responsible. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's have fun, but let's avoid being inappropriate. So with that said, a couple of other pieces of interesting news to talk about. One of the things that happened on Monday Night Raw we talked about was the debut of Keith Lee and we've talked about it. We talked about it yesterday. We talked about it on social media as well, getting your thoughts and the thoughts that you guys have had have been really kind of all across the spectrum. Well, we do have some information as to why his theme music was changed. According to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select, the change that was made had everything to do with WWE's now former relationship with the duo known as CFO. And we have loved CFO's music, uh, certainly here on The Faction. They've created some amazing theme songs. So they've been making theme songs for WWE since 2013, but they parted ways with WWE May of last year. Now, the group had signed a deal with Arcade Songs that would send 50% of music royalties back to the publishing company. Now, interestingly enough, the pair, known as John Paul Alacastro and Michael Conrad Laurie, uh, have since broken up. So CFO is no more, but they did try to have WWE buy them out of their contracts, but Arcade Songs turned down the offer. So WWE is now pushing for their superstars to use themes that were not made by CFO, and Limitless was one of the last tracks that the group produced. Keith Lee actually signed off on making the change, while other wrestlers have chosen to stick to their original themes. Now, if you're keeping track, uh, the WWE since April is now using a new group to create their theme songs, and that group is known as Def Rebel. So that's a little bit of information about what happened with the Keith Lee theme song and why it is different than what it was in NXT. And one thing's for sure, Keith Lee will be a part of Payback and he'll be taking on Randy Orton. And for whatever you may have thought about his WWE debut, the fact is that he has a WWE pay-per-view match within seven days of his arrival on Monday Night Raw and being placed against Randy Orton says they've got to have very big plans for Keith Lee. So we'll be watching and be looking to check out things. But Keith Lee is all good with it. And he has said on Twitter, hey, listen, don't worry. I'm working on the changes. Let's focus on the fact that I had a good night with Randy Orton. Orton. All right. So a couple of quick things before we go. 
Tonight, of course, would normally be the Wednesday Night Wars, but because of the NBA playoffs, Dynamite from AEW has been moved to Thursday night, and it may even be a live show. As we know, fans are being welcomed to that show. They've been selling tickets, etc., etc. So that means tonight NXT will go unopposed again, and there's going to be an interesting thing happening tonight on NXT as former WWE superstar Wade Barrett, also known as Stu Bennett, will be joining the NXT announce team this week. That's right, on tonight's show, the former leader of Nexus, who was the original winner of the first season of NXT, uh, will be on commentary tonight. Now, I don't know if he is replacing anybody there or if he's going to be in addition to their already stacked commentary team, but from what sources are telling us, this is a one-shot deal and he has not signed a full-time deal to rejoin the company now one thing that we can remember about wade barrett or Stu bennett he was released from wwe in 2016 after telling the company that he did not want to renew his contract once it expired he is certainly not new to the announcing game he did some announcing of course in the uk and most recently has been one of the lead announcers for the nwa and its resurgence actually serving as the replacement for Jim Cornette. So I don't know what this means for his relationship with the NWA. It could very well be a one-shot deal, as they're telling us. We also could be getting worked. I mean, let's face it. A one-shot deal sounds like an audition to me, and if an audition goes well, you get the job. I'll just tell you this. My time with Southern Honor served initially as a one-shot deal, and that has turned into something that has been long-lasting. Speaking of Southern Honor, Southern Honor Wrestling returns this Friday. We are super pumped for the second annual Rumble Jack. So if you're in the Atlanta area, you want to come through Canton, Georgia, it's going to be amazing. Tickets will be on sale exclusively at the door beginning at 5 p.m. We've got social distancing in place. We've got all sorts of cool things going on to make sure that you are safe, to make sure the wrestlers are safe. It's going to be an amazing night. If you're not able to be there, don't worry. It'll be on IWTV in the coming days and you'll be able to see and hear All that's happening for the return of Southern Honor Wrestling. So before we go, I want to talk about something. There's been so much that's been going on in the world of pro wrestling, and we have not talked about this until now. And that is an exchange that happened on the returning Talking Smack, which aired this past Saturday on the WWE Network. It's an exchange between Big E and The Miz that, well, you have to hear to believe. Check this out. Sure. Uh, actually, before we get into any of that, can I mention, like, Kofi, I will say, is far too humble, far too do the right thing to mention this. But I'm going to say this because it's never been said, really, not publicly. But Kofi's a guy that had his legs cut out from underneath him. To see what happened with the match with him and Brock and then to see no title opportunity after that, he just goes mm-hmm. back into tag teams and whatnot. You, you know what I mean? That That's disrespectful. And I will say, nah, you I will say that. we joke. Okay, well, yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, because I was WWE champion at one time and the same thing happened to me and I needed to rebuild and re 
group myself. I wish I could have taken Kofi and said, look, you need to, to make sure that whatever happens after your WWE championship run, that you don't lose that main event status, that you don't feel like you are not a top star in WWE. And I, honestly, I was a victim of that. I was. There is uh-huh. no doubt in my mind that I should have been where I was. But now I'm keep working and keep working and keep working and keep dedicating myself yep. to try to be a WWE champion once again. So, That's why I'm sitting out here telling you your jokey stuff. It's fun. It's great. It's entertaining. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's not going to work to get you to the Universal Championship. So, wait, did you wait 11 years to get your first uh, world title opportunity? I don't think so. No. You didn't. But it's been a long time since I've had right. another WWE well, Universal Championship. You've gotten many opportunities, and I get you're very talented. You're very deserving. Kofi waited 11 years for that one opportunity. Then it was gone. Poof. Just like that. Back to doing tag stuff. Back to doing normal stuff. And like I said, I can sit here. But he allowed it. He could, he could have fought that, couldn't he have? How? What do you mean, how? Where was his opportunity? Time, what is what is the one thing they tell us when we're in developmental and when we're we're trying to build ourselves up? If you have five seconds on a television show, that is your opportunity to make people believe that you deserve better. So that he, you deserve more. So he failed himself, is what you're saying. I, I always blame myself. I don't blame anybody else. Right. I blame myself right. for all my failures. That's easy to say when you've been handed opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. You didn't wait. You didn't wait. You didn't wait 11 years to get your first world title opportunity, did you? No, because I here for to 11 because years. I was a star because people believed in me. And Kofi wasn't right. Huh? I, there wasn't. was no one at that time more hated, more despised than me in WWE. Nobody. Right. Everyone couldn't stand me, whether it was in the locker room or in the WWE universe. And that is why I propelled myself and utilized myself to be the biggest star there. You didn't have to wait time. 11 years in the mid-card. You didn't have to wait 11 years doing your thing week in, week out, showing up, shaking hands, being a professional I've for 11 waiting, years. I'm waiting right now. Right now. Okay. Todd, do you okay. want to bring things back? I was back? even supposed to be bring here today. I do want to bring things back to and what's they, happening. And they were like, dude, we need, we need a host, so we're going to get the Miz. Because I can do it all. You can do it all. Yes, can you? We got to get back to yes, what happened yes, on SmackDown. Yes, ma'am. Let's bring it back. Yes, all right. Okay. So I want to have the conversation about this, and I'm going to throw in my two cents right now. I watched it as it aired on the WWE Network, and for those of us who are either African-American, people of color, or who recognize the lingo that took place, it is very clear to me that The Miz is walking in white privilege. It is the it is the textbook definition of white privilege privilege this idea of pull yourself up by your bootstraps do your own thing work hard and you'll get the opportunity as if Kofi Kingston did not do that he had been doing that for 11 years being wildly consistent and doing all the things that needed to be done and how amazing it is and I don't think WWE even realized the moment was happening as it was happening as they've posted the clip on their YouTube page to basically say hey this conversation got heated but we won't talk about why it got heated and it's a textbook definition of how we as black people are expected to respond of course Big E couldn't go off like he wanted to of course Big E had to remain measured in his conversation and of course Kofi Kingston was not really in a space where he could actually have these conversations for himself but it's what most of us in uh, the WWE universe or the internet community have felt and in these heightened times we are very aware of when white privilege rears its ugly head 
as it did in that conversation. And as as we are constantly reminded that regardless of your sphere of influence and regardless of your genre of entertainment, the fact remains that in this country, white privilege exists. The idea that, okay, I can pull myself up by my bootstraps and that everybody has an equal playing field. Well, here's what we know about pro wrestling. No matter how much great work you put in, unless somebody signs off on the idea that, hey, we're going to push this person to the moon or we're going to give them this opportunity, they won't get it. Doesn't matter how many people you beat, doesn't matter how how influential you are. Let's look at the facts. The facts are that the New Day has still for years been the number one merchandise seller. So how is it that they're the number one merchandise seller and you don't consider them over or you don't think you can believe in them and you can acquiesce to the pressure to give him a WrestleMania moment, him being Kofi, and then after a six-month title reign where he's represented the company incredibly well, you can squash him in nine seconds. And from everything I've read, they did not decide to squash him for nine seconds uh, on that day. It was something that they had in their mind for a while. And I think it speaks volumes. The fact that Kofi Kingston, even after all of this time, uh, almost a year now, has still not received a WWE title shot. Meanwhile, so many others are getting rematches here, there, and everywhere. But I want to get your thoughts. Did The Miz exact and showcase white privilege or was The Miz right? Did Kofi Kingston need to pull himself up by his bootstraps? Did everybody else get this thing wrong? Let's talk about that right now via social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And of course, uh, we want to hear from you and uh, don't hold back on those comments. We definitely want to hear what you have to say. Before we go, we want to wish a big happy birthday to one of the great members here of the faction. Courtney Beard is celebrating his birthday today. That is my brother. That is my friend. And uh, it's our partner in crime here on the faction. One thing's for sure. All of us here on the faction, the three of us, plus our fourth horseman, we are all brothers. We love each other. Uh, Our friendship goes past the wrestling world, and we are absolutely excited for all of the great things coming to Courtney Beard this year. So do me a favor, join the party and wish him a big happy birthday today at I am Courtney Beard on Instagram. And of course, you can find him at C Major Beard on Twitter and at Courtney Beard on Facebook. You can find me, of course, at Bonnerfied on all those platforms. You can find us at The Faction Show on all of those platforms. We're going to get out of here. Hope your Wednesday is absolutely spectacular. And until the next time we connect, it's your man GB, representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I my people. Here we go.